Owen Newton, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, and you? I'm doing good, man. I see you oh, have yeah. a guest. It's uh, Eric Greger. Yeah, how are we doing today? Doing all right, man. Doing all right. You guys, what time is it? Six or seven there? Six o'clock over here. Six? Okay, oh, so yeah. you already you already had dinner. Pretty much, yeah. Nice yeah, we've got, we got some food in it. I've got some food in us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, just making sure because I don't want to uh, intervene, you know, your guys' time. And I, every time I do this, especially when other people are in other time zones, uh, different time zones, I'm like, did you get dinner? Because I definitely don't want to be rushed. Don't <laughs> want you guys to be rushed. want you guys to be comfortable and everything else. And are you guys having adult beverages right now? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's really all I can do right now. It's better, better no opioids for him. That the true, true, true. <laughs> Big opioids. <laughs> okay, so Owen, let, let's eyes are on you, but uh, Eric, if you want, you can always you know pitch in and say your piece, especially what we're going to be talking about. All right, so. Owen, you are a photographer, videographer. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Mountain enthusiast, a mountaineer, pretty much. An active adventurer, speed wing pilot, aka speed flying, speed riding, and advanced paragliding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a pretty fun sport. <laughs> All right. So I was trying to figure out advanced paragliding. Paragliding itself is kind of advanced. But why do they have advanced paragliding? So uh, speedwing is a method of descent. I wouldn't categorize the sports in the same area. I think they're two different parts, right? We started on a full size and me and Eric actually went out off eBay and we bought one and then taught ourselves and realized, oh my gosh, what are we getting into? Let's go get lessons. So we went to Utah Paragliding in Salt Lake. Um, okay. Took a couple lessons, came back to Jackson, and we're like feeling hot headed, ready to go. We're like, oh yeah, let's go. Spent go big all, or go home. Yeah, spent all of last fall learning how to big wing and then carried it all the way into the winter. And then we were like, oh my gosh, well, going up is fun, staying up is fun. But dude, those people doing barrel rolls and going like 60 down the mountain, that's what we want to be doing. Yeah. So yeah, we picked up the speed wings started on a 16 meter Greg started on an 18 meter and then we just downsized throughout our progression it's like maybe a little fast on our end i mean that's also probably why i'm injured because of my downsized progression but when you get on those wings and you like start going fast all you want to do is just get more and more pitted into the lines and sometimes your ambition can go above your skill level yeah yeah. yeah. Do, do you, you think mean, that... What do you mean on the question of advanced paragliding? What's that? What do you mean on the question of advanced paragliding? Like, well, paragliding is paragliding, but why is it called advanced paragliding? Because that's another word for the sport. For speed flying. Yes. Well, yeah. Okay. I Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, it definitely, you're just going faster and you have to make those decisions in just a hair of split seconds and it's yeah. split second decision after split second decision and you have right. to really be in tune with what's going on. First time I saw that 
the uh, the speed flying was when I went to Mount Hood and I summited, and there's a group of guys, three guys, just did their thing off the summit, and he didn't even have. I don't even know how he went from no air to air to barrel roll like like that. And I'm like, oh my god, I, I can I can see so many things happening right now. But man, once he cleared the cliffs and everything, man, it was like the most beautiful sight ever. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't imagine, man. It was just like, you know, you hold your breath and, and you, you, you pray for the best, but me, I, ah, oh, man, I'm a stickler. I, I try to do everything that I'm comfortable with. And if I don't have control of it, I tend to not go and do that sport, like skiing and everything else. So like, if I do a mountain, I hump up, I'll definitely hump down. I don't care. I'm that guy. But yeah, unfortunately, our friend Owen here does his knees do hurt. But most of the time, when we go down mountains, our knees don't hurt. So that's that's one of the best best things about it. You know, yeah. Everyone else is hiking down and their knees hurt, and we're you know, <laughs> you know, you only go up. It's it's great training, but great for the knees as well. So when you're 80, hopefully, unlike this guy, we'll have, we'll have great. Yeah. Knees. We're we're gonna get there, but it's just God. I just I, I like to be in control. That's why I try to stay away from water too. You, you get what I'm saying? And, and, and like when I saw them off of Mount Hood, I was thinking about. It, I was like, man, that is one of the best ways to get down. But there's so many what ifs, and there's so many what ifs. Like people are like, hey, don't you glissade? No, because you ever seen glissading gone bad? I mean, you know, just yeah, really. <laughs> there's always there's always that gone bad. And I, I kept that in mind, but I was just like, wow, these guys are having fun. It's beautiful, but it's not me. I thought about it, but then it's more expensive. It's costly, you know, and so so I thought about it. I was like, it's not for me, man. I'm, I'm not going to do it. But then ran into you and then I watched a bunch of videos. God, it's crazy. It's like, I love mountains. I just want to keep coming up and down them. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. As, so those pilots up there were probably like on the same mindset, right? They're like, oh, we're going up. The conditions are good. When you, when you fly, everything is in as much control as you make it. It's the same as getting yeah. in a car, right? Everyone right. feels comfortable driving every day, but they don't go out and they don't look at conditions. They don't like. They don't do huge forecasting such as those pilots were doing on top of the hood. Right. So they, they went up there knowing, oh, if it's bad, we're going to walk down. And if it's good, it's going to be a really smooth, fun flight. And I'm going to keep it in my risk margin. That's yeah. the biggest thing of the sport is you can keep it as safe as you want it. You can just fly straight. You don't have to do any rolls. You don't have to do any proxy flying. You can just go down at your own leisure, your own pace, your own safety risk margin. Right. And that's like a part of the sport that I don't think a lot of people see because all they see is like crashes, right? Or the good pilots getting super close to the ground and they're like, oh my gosh, this is insane. Oh my gosh. Those yeah. hooligans, those are maniacs. But in reality, it's relatively as safe as you want to make it in the sport. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I would seriously agree with that. Um, yeah, it really, it really can be safe if you're willing to hike down, which a lot of times, you know, you don't want to. And that's right. 
that's when it, definitely injuries happen. But yeah, oh, yeah. You, if you hype down when it's not perfect, you will probably have a very long, safe career. Yeah, yeah. there's a thing in the sport. There is there's bold pilots and there's old pilots, right? Gotcha. But there's no such thing as old bold pilots. <laughs> right, so I got you. That's something that you. we've tried to live on through our whole flying career, especially like at the start. Right, we didn't yeah. really have mentors. We didn't really have that much support because we're like two local kids just buying a wing off eBay trying to figure it out and everyone was like oh my gosh you guys are on the list is what they say is like the list of people who are going to get hurt (laughs) so yeah and then we meant to mentor and he was like there is no such thing as old bold pilots so you guys better make a decision if you want to be bold or if you want to be old (laughs) and Scotty Harris through Jacksonville paragliding. He really did a lot for Eric and I in the beginning of our flying career. He was supporting oh. us, mentoring us, giving us coaching. And then, then we took on the speed wing and he was like, Oh my gosh, I don't really want to be associated with you guys. Like <laughs> you guys, Oh my gosh, you are. Yeah. They call it the black arts of paragliding just because they're so polar opposite. Yeah. Okay. Relatively safe. And one's pretty risky if you Yeah, like. yeah. So so both you guys, you two, and the people on uh the, the three on Mount Hood are bold. <laughs> yeah, so. Essentially, right? I don't think, I wouldn't I wouldn't fully agree with that. I think I think you can keep I think you can keep it safe on a speed wing. I don't think they're necessarily too much more dangerous. There are people on big wings who do who definitely are still in that advanced advanced realm. They're just on a big wing doing a different kind of a different thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So bold, but you're injured. <laughs> yep. You're per- I mean, I, I, like you're very injured and man, I, I like when seeing the videos of yours, it's, it's a lovely sight, man. It, it is crazy insane but beautiful but man there's some parts not the injured video but there's some parts it's like oh my god it's you know one of those flying suits those guys that jump off the cliffs i mean you guys are just missing berms and trees by like inches and feet and and it's like exhilarating to watch i could only imagine how it is in person you know but you guys get crazy close crazy close and that exhilaration is that why you guys continue to do it yeah <laughs> yeah oh yeah it's, it's the most uh addicting sport i've been skiing my whole life um 19 years since i was two and i i can truthfully say that speed flying has been more addictive in that sense right we go through these withdrawals in the sport and i think that's another dangerous side of it is you hike six hours up 7,000 feet and all you want to do is fly down. But if the conditions are bad, it plays such a mental toll on you. And, but when you do get a flight, it's so amazing, right? You've just spent all this time hiking up something and now you get a fly down to your car and get a beer in three minutes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. So it's, it's this mental game. It's, it's, it's incredibly addicting and it has been like, really hard to take time off or to accept time off and sometimes you're you have to in the sport or else you push it too hard and you 
start getting too con what is the word <laughs> complacent 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 is the word, right you just stop you start pushing out a hundred percent all the time and then you have no room for air right um but yeah and it's important to take time off as much as you don't want to you probably should for your sanity's sake yeah 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 okay so your left knee you tore your ACL, MCL, PCL, right? Right knee, you have a high grade ACL, L- LCL. Yeah. Besides the injury, right? I'm always trying to get people like thought process, feelings, you know, just emotions because you're a go-getter, just like all the people that have listened or also people that I've I've, I've had on here. You're a go-getter. How are you doing mentally right now, sitting out? Because I know you'd probably be snowing because didn't you guys get some big snow recently? Yes. Yeah, a couple, couple feet, actually. Yes. And, and you'd be skiing, you'd probably be jumping, you know, that kind of thing. But how are you doing overall knowing that you're going to be sitting out for quite some time? Mentally, it is very challenging. Um, I'm not used to sitting still. And I'm not used to being on the sidelines. I haven't faced a major injury such as this. Yeah. I'm, I don't really know if we've still processed how long I will actually be out in that sense. Um, very fortunate. I have an amazing support team. Um, which is good. Which is great. But yeah, it's been a huge mental toll. I wasn't fully financially ready because it's the start. It's the end of our off season, start of our season. So all my money was going to rent. We pay $2,500 a month here in Jackson. Um, so <laughs> it's, uh, it's been both mentally like, oh my gosh, I can't work for three to four months now because I'm going in and out of surgeries. And, and oh my gosh, I'm just sitting watching my friends go ski. And for, luckily, it's not, it's not the crazy year that everyone thought it was going to be. It's, it's, been, it's been a pretty rough start to the year. So maybe that's been helping me. But this was my first year being a sponsored athlete. I was on the Zach skis team. Um, okay. So I got three new pairs of skis and I was so excited to go rip those. And now they're just sitting mocking me every day. And I'm like, Oh my uh, gosh, <laughs> it's brutal. But you know, it, I'm just focusing on the recovery because all you can do is come back stronger. If not try your best to be as yeah. good as you were before. Um, and I have youth on my side luckily you do right? you do yeah. yes still growing everything will hopefully get back to 100 percent, if not close to 100 percent. but yeah i'm just focused on let's get back to 100 percent right now have you thought about moving the skis for right now <laughs> yeah you know I'm, I'm considering letting eric ski them because you know it's just so sad to have three fresh pairs of skis not ever touch snow for a year right <laughs> But yeah, maybe at least leave one out there just so it can keep your mind like, hey, recovery, it's there. It's right there. Let's let's just let's just put him to the side, though. But leave one. Just be like, okay, I'm going to get you, man. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get all three pairs. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Before we start getting further down the road, when did they say you can be fully recovered? How long is this going to take, man? Uh, I've 
heard quotes of nine months to 12 months to 16 months until I'm back to like 90%. Um, I probably won't ever be 100% again, unfortunately. And I will have to have a knee brace on for probably like two to three years anytime I go out and do athletics. But yeah, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes is what they like to say. <laughs> oh, man. But I, I like I, I'm bringing this up because, man, I could only imagine like I, I, I've had some brutal injuries and some surgeries. But, dude, this takes a cake, dude. And being busy body like yourself, like mine, you know, I'm, but I'm a bit older than you. I could only ima- uh, imagine how taxing it is, man, mentally just sitting out during the peak of the season or even before the peak of the season and just hit it with your friends, you know? Ugh. Oh, yeah. I'm very, very fortunate um, because in the sport, right, this injury is probably a very high-grade injury is what the doctors told me. There, It's a very rare injury. They don't see it a lot. But for me, it's a minimal injury for crashing an 11 meter speed wing coming out of a roll, right? Yeah. If yeah. I'm walking away with just knee damage and I'll be able to walk in a year, I'm still able to walk. I'm not a paralyzed athlete. I'm not in life damaged. There was recently a speed flyer who caught his wingtip and he broke five vertebrae and was put into an induced coma. Um, so. If you look at the side of things, my injury is very minimal for the sport, even though as extreme as it may sound. Yeah. And that, that's something that makes it a little easier to wrap around mentally is like, hey, wow, I will be able to walk again. I'm not going to be paralyzed for the rest of my life. Like I probably could have been if I was right. an inch lower, if I was like a second earlier. You know, there's so many factors that play into that. And we're walking away with, what they what i like to say is minimal injury for the sport it's, it's yeah, just I, I told everyone he was he was fine because in my book you know when i took off after him and i looked down and i like, saw him in the rocks like that's only one of those things like it's not like a, you don't like we don't carry first aid we never carry first aid kits it's like what are you going to do with a first aid kit like normally you're going to need you know a pretty a pretty thick body bag for something like that and um yeah i was like every, i told everyone he was fine because you know Two knees is is about as good as it gets when you're talking about crashing at sixty miles an hour into the side of a mountain. Yeah, I, I yes, and oh god, as, as many mountains I've climbed and humped up and down, I can only imagine, man. Oh, okay, so you're fine. You're fine compared to what it could be. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's like yeah, I am focus on just getting back to next season i'm not a skier this year i'm a speed flyer i will be speed flying in the summer i will be easing back into it but my focus is yeah wow be appreciative for what i have be grateful for life and feeling and the fingertips and the toes and yeah it's it was crazy though oh yeah when you started did you take into account that man it can be a brutal injury any anything could happen yeah, Greg, did we take into account that one of us might die? I think it was it was thought about, but that's one of those things you try you try not to think about too much. You kind of okay. it's one of those things you don't crash. You don't crash. You don't crash your speed wing. Like that's yeah. that's like a number one rule. You don't crash your speed wing. Like you're not. It's like it's like crashing a rented Lamborghini. You don't do that. Like yeah, 
Yeah. Those barrel rolls, though, man, you had me on the edge of my seat, dude. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. Some of them, like, I mean, you can do low rolls. All right. You, need to have, good you have a GoFundMe page. I do, as of now. Oh. So just recently, to help out with the bills and everything else, man, rent's 2500 You might as well just own. But, you know, that's me being an owner, man. You know that's crazy. Off Jackson, Hole, Wyoming? Just out yes. of ballpark. What's that? You know what a place costs? It's ballpark, Jackson, Wyoming. It's I not- do, I do. It's a, <laughs> a huge resort town, I do. And I, 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 and, and, and I know the famous jump site there. So, yes. <laughs> but, uh... You got to go fund me. It's doing pretty yeah. well that you started, oh, yeah. when you first started. I mean, when I last saw it was at almost 1800. Yeah. Now it's up to 2,800 and it, it's, it's huge. Um, that, that, that's also what Jackson is. It's a, it's a supportive community. Um, yeah. we all support each other in times of injury and need. So I'm very, very, very grateful for everyone who has helped me out and everyone who, yeah, has shared words or just shared it, giving you support. And, you know, it takes that financial relief off for like a month. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's a well, good thing. Great thought. Great plan. And man, that that's awesome that you do have a, a great support system there in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah. How did you get into speed flying? The internet. Yeah, going off of uh, YouTube, we saw all these videos of crazy people doing it, and then yeah, we're wondering, oh, how do we get into it, right? And yeah, bought the wing off of eBay, taught ourselves for a couple of days, went down to Utah, and then we ran into Carl Weissett, um, who is definitely one of the best speed flyers in the world, if not the best. Right? He's just absolutely crazy, the most styled he has everything going for him in the sense of mm-hmm. safety he is he opened up the school he is an instructor he can give ratings out which is it's the first time that he can do that this year is it's the first year with ratings in the sport mm-hmm. um and then we ran into him and he looked at us and he was like oh man you, you guys gotta switch to the dark arts like you gotta get on the little wings and yeah kept in our minds next thing you know we're buying dragonfly wings next thing you know we're oh now we want to go upside down how can we go upside down <laughs> we need a smaller wing to get upside down yeah so, oh yeah that quickly followed so you guys say youtube i would have said after seeing those guys in mount hood get down and have a beer faster than anybody could ever imagine that would have got me into saying yes that's why, but you guys, YouTube and you guys well, are just like, all right, let's actually, you. I can give you a little bit of a better one for that. Actually. I've always <laughs> had in my head. Like I grew up in a spot where I'd look up and I'd see them every night above my neighbor. There's, there's no one out there anymore. It was like when they first started with all the big wings, but I used to sit in Mr. Shell's math class and I would, uh, I would look out the window and I would be very sad because I was in Mr. Shell's math class. And then I would see some guy land his paraglider and I was like, man, one day I'm not going to be sitting in math class. I'm going to be, I'm going to be that guy flying his paraglider. I'm, I'm going to be flying down. I'm not going to be sitting in math class. And yeah, <laughs> okay. oh. I think that was a little bit of a tick for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
<sighs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I can only imagine, I mean, blazing past trees at 20 to 95 miles an hour. It's it's a fascinating sport or extreme, but it's just it's too unpredictable for me, you know. But dude, it, it's amazing to watch you guys fly, especially uh, the videos that you have. <laughs> and we we appreciate that because you are in a very low majority of non-pilots who actually agree with that. A lot of pilots oh, yeah. are like, "Oh my gosh, this sport needs to be illegal. What are they doing? Why is it? Why are they up there? It's so unnatural." When the truth is, we're up there. We're usually picking trash up on our way up. We're a one-way impact sport. We, yeah, get up somewhere and we take off and then we land and it's our own risk. We're not really putting other people at risk. So it's just, it's such a, yeah, like 50-50 love-hate for the sport. A lot of people hate it and a lot, or and a few people actually love it who don't fly and they're like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah there's been a lot of a lot of like legal challenges of trying to fly. If there's a lot of people that don't want us flying and landing anywhere in their you know fields or near their roads or really anywhere. Yeah, I, I see it as a, a work of art, man. Yeah, I, I see it as that. Just like uh, the wingsuit flying and, and you know everything, mountaineering, running, you know that kind of thing. That's how I see it. And it's, it's, it's beautiful. It, it, it is, but too extreme for me, man, because I can't control it. <laughs> and everybody knows, everybody knows that uh, I don't do things that I can't control. So, all right. Adrenaline rush. How did you, the love for the outdoors go? Like, how did it start, man? It, Kind of started with just growing up and living in Jackson Hole. Um, I mean, I've been a skier my whole life. Unfortunately, my dad passed away in a ski accident. So I grew up without a dad, but my mom always put me in ski programs. And then, yeah, and then you grow up with all these people who are also growing up with cool parents who are doing stuff. And then... Yeah, I would say it's the influence of what Jackson is in the sense of, hey, everyone here is here to climb, ski, go kayaking, go paddleboarding, enjoy Jackson, enjoy nature. And it wore off on me and Eric, for sure, a little bit harder than it does for some people. Um, I mean, 90% of my grade, the second they graduated high school, wanted out of Jackson. They're like, no, get me out of here. This place is not for me. I want to be in a city. and. Yeah. And then I was like, no, I want to go into the mountains. I want to go climb mountains. I want to go see cool things and be young and live while I can. And yeah, so it's just, it's slowly been growing more and more throughout the years. And I'd say the last like four years um, has definitely been some of the hardest that we've gone into the mountains and just wanted to see like, at first it was like, oh, how far can we push our bodies? <laughs> like yeah. what we do, like, I just want to go get scared. I want to go do something fun. I, like, I want to go do a mission. Right. And then, yeah, now it's just always like, oh, how sick can we go get out there? Like, what is something super cool? What is a story? What's going to be like challenging? And yeah, that just grows the love every time you go out. How many of those people that you know that left are back now? 
It hasn't been that long. <laughs> it's it's been no, it's not long years. enough to tell. Not long enough to tell. But not many. But not many. Yeah. Not. Okay. So They'll come years. back. They'll come back. I it well they can't. It's too expensive. But they try. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> a lot of people leave in the second they get into a city. They're like, let's get back to Jackson. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Your love for the mountains. When did you start climbing? When did you start trekking up the mountains, man? Uh, pretty much when I met Eric. Like, yeah, five, four years ago is when we really started getting into it all. I was more, I was more of the climber, um, yeah. and then and Owen was a better skier and had all that had all that knowledge of just like high, like really technical high end skiing and free riding and all that he had that same love and was able to kind of share the the climbing knowledge and him being super athletic and a lengthy, you know, six foot four giant arms gorilla, like picked it up really quick and was able to, you know, learn all the, all the technical knowledge very fast. Okay. Eric, what mountain got you? What mountain is your mountain that got you hooked? Uh, probably the grant. Like, I live in Jackson. It has to be. Yeah. Like, from day one, oh, I was like, I got to go, so go climb it. And, yeah, it took me – when me and my buddy first started out, we we had no clue what we were doing. We were, we, and we were we were too stubborn to get any instruction either, so we were just going to do it. Yeah. A couple tries, you know. We, we were trying to go sport climbing, but we didn't have real climbing shoes. We only had approach shoes, so we'd be, like, running on a treadmill trying to climb up. And it – then yeah we tried the grand a couple times and finally made it and that definitely secured the love for it and then last year me and ellen were able to ski it which is definitely another total jackson accomplishment and that definitely definitely secure it. it took us another two tries and we finally finally got it in pretty stellar conditions okay what, what about you owen same thing Ooh, same mountain no, no, I'm gonna say uh Tiwanot. It's uh that night that we took that Milky Way photo okay. off the grand. Um we I got off a double shift at Sidewinders, the place that I work, um, ten o'clock at night, right? And I call Eric up and I'm like, yo, I'm off work. The Milky Way is in full effect tonight. Let's go up Tiwanot. So we climbed Tiwanot in the night, did it in like four hours, which was awesome. Like in the night, we got lost a couple times and that that to me was like probably one of the, the yeah it made me just really fall in love because we spent the whole night under the stars like you know not not the safest but it was like the most fun I've ever climbed up like a mountain it was yeah. just pitch dark and we're like climbing taking photos just having such a good time so that really got me into it. It's interesting that you you have time for extreme sport but you also have time to what I like to say is stop and smell the roses you know, and like enjoy the small things or actually the big things. I mean, I, I wish we don't have too much pollution here, but you guys don't have hardly any light pollution. You guys can enjoy that. We have to go in the mountain ranges where there's no pollution, light pollution, you know, and, and uh, enjoy that scenery. But man, it's, it's awesome. So photography, when did you get into that? Oh, I got into that actually about the same time I started getting into the mountains. Um, like it, it was like six to five years ago. Um, kind of picked it up as a hobby and it's still a hobby, right? Every Self-taught. every good photographer nowadays, camera technology is crazy. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I used to carry around a full size camera, um, all the time on my missions, but now recently I've moved into the motto, like, Oh, I just want to be light. <laughs> um, my, Correct. my takes pretty much the same quality photos as my camera. But yeah, for a while there, I was really just carrying around a full size like camera on my chest, taking as many photos as I could. And yeah. yeah, it was super fun. And now it's kind of just more a pastime hobby and I'm looking to get into more an FPV drone because that I think would be really good for the sports that we do. Yeah. And so now it's like, oh, how can we work on making a film out of photography, right? Like do cinephotography, um, yeah. try to put it into a filming aspect. Okay. And uh, God, but I mean, you're so, you're so extreme in your sports skiing is believe it or not, extreme mountaineering, climbing, all that stuff. But photography, that's something like, you know, hello. (laughs) (laughs) It's a grandpa sport, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, what got you in it? I mean, yes, it's a hobby. Were you, or did you take photography in high school or you... no um i've never taken a photography class in my life um kind of just picked it up figured it out but i was sick of seeing wildlife photos <laughs> you don't really see enough of the adventure photos and oh my gosh look at this person up in the mountains like why would i want to see a photo of a goose when i can or why would I want to take a photo of a goose when I can go take a photo of my friend like climbing up the Grand Teton or somewhere back in like the Wind River Range in the winter where no one else is there but us, you know, it's just, yeah, yeah. I want to take photos of things that are unique and you don't really get to see that often. And yeah. Oh yeah. When did you know photography was for you though? Taking pictures. Ooh. Kind of, yeah, I I don't know, really. I can't really even say if it's for me nowadays. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's just something that I got into. I wanted to share my experiences. And then, yeah, it just kind of progressed from there. I was like, oh, wow, this photo looks cool. And then publish it, edit it, work on it. And then I was like, oh, wow, this is actually, it kind of looks nice. Like, maybe I should bring it out and then, yeah, carried it around for a while. And you got quite the lifestyle, man. <laughs> very, very fortunate to yeah, live yeah, yeah. the life that I live. You know, it's what we say all the time is, hey, we've already lived a life, you know? It's like you yeah. just be appreciative for each more, you know, like each day that you get to be there further. It's just like, I've already done so much that I can just like go back on and be like, wow. I am so thankful and so happy that I did that. And wow, it's so awesome. I mean, being 21 and then photography for me, I'm kind of stopping and smelling the roses finally. And I'll be 42 in a few days. You know what I mean? And it's just amazing to hear other people's story. That's why I'm asking the photography questions because, dude, I, I'm fascinated by that. And I'm finally stopping to smell the roses. So that's why I was asking, man. So oh, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool to, to, to hear a, a person your age, just into photography, you know, and being able to do this tr- extreme sport and then doing the old man sport photography. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's cool. It's like everyone has their own unique view 
of the world. And it's just cool to share your view. Don't quit sharing, man. Whether it's videography (laughs) and still photography. So, all right. Would you, will you continue to fly after your injury? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Without a doubt. I will be, I'll honestly be flying before I'm fully walking again. (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) not not on not on the speed wings that um i'm I'm probably not speed flying until i get cleared for full athleticism okay it's just too much impact on your knees when you're coming into landing you know yeah it 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 can torque it in a weird way but i will be full-size paragliding and focusing on that a little bit more this springtime and summer um so i'm looking forward to that as well taking a step back you know yeah. Just to take like multiple steps forward, it'll be a huge thing that pays off. That's good. You're going back to <laughs> basics, kind of <laughs> for you. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> what about you, Eric? Are you going to be going full tilt? I've, gonna... I've recently tried to dial it back a little bit. Um, it was definitely one of those things, you know, when you when you take off and you're like getting ready, and you're like all hyped up, then you look down and you're, you know, you think your buddy might be dead. You definitely. It definitely, it it takes, you definitely have to think about that for a minute and, and realize it definitely is a realization of what can go wrong and definitely dialing it back, but still, still try to fly. It's definitely something. The problem is once you get into it, you can't really get out of it. So it's gotcha. one of those things. Yeah. Okay. And you said estimate recovery nine to <laughs> six. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be a good one. First surgery, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a long one. The first surgery is December twenty first, and that's my birthday. That's right. Oh well, happy <laughs> so we, you know, I'll be uh, getting an early knee replacement for Christmas, and hopefully we'll be getting a bunch of birthday presents. You know, <laughs> right, right. Oh yeah, jeez. But yeah, first surgery and eight to twelve weeks until I can put weight on that knee, and then we're gonna do surgery on the next knee and then from there it's just a waiting game until i'm back to 100 percent. and it really comes down to how bad do i want it right like oh my gosh if i do pt i'm going to be in pain for the rest of my life so yeah focusing on recovery gonna stay very determined in pt and it's really all i do yeah (laughs) what does recovery or what do you feel you can do during recovery have you thought of that um i'm gonna try to write a couple articles um and just talk about my experience in getting into the sport because when i was learning there was videos of how to get better there's no videos of how to safely get into it and what an actual learning curve looks like because it's 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 pretty it's pretty aggressive if you do want to get into it at a high level that we got into it at yeah Um, so just talking about that but also focusing on maybe like writing just a couple things about the launches about jackson because the whole summer it was like me eric and our buddy kenton davis who is also an incredible speed fly pilot um kind of just pioneering everything again in jackson because the sport it's a new sport it's only been in the u.s for 10 years um Mm -hmm. and the first five of that people were only flying small things in jackson no one was really getting up to the big mountains. So just kind of publishing and just talking and posting it in the forum because it is a rapidly growing sport and more and more people are going to be like, oh my gosh, where can I go fly in Jackson? And if they know there's a little bit of information to keep them safe, then 
and then I'm doing a good part for the sport. Okay. Yeah. It seems like a, an old man sport, but it seems like it's needed, (laughs) but yeah, you know, that that'd be cool to, you know, have you do what you do and share what, what to do when starting out. So that's, that's good, man. After recovery, what's next? I know you probably thought, Let's start hit this mountain. Let's barrel roll on that mountain. Let's I know it. I know it. So what's, what's okay. What is next? What's well, next? I actually go skiing. That's like my first task is I, I want to go skiing. I I'm not used to missing a season. So I, I, I would like to go try to ski something in the summer, but you know, you can also make it a paragliding speed fly trip. It doesn't just have to be skiing. So a trip is in store. That's what I'm like to say. I'm looking at New Zealand for the summer or something down in like Argentina, just oh. going down for a couple weeks to a month and just going pretty hard, getting back into the sports at a safe progression. Nothing that's going to put me at insane risk, but yeah, something just a crazy mountaineering adventure trip somewhere, somewhere I haven't been yet, somewhere cheap. <laughs> yeah. Besides riding, any alternatives? Until you full fully recover, you know, to I was fill, about, to fill the void. Um, yeah, probably gonna spend some time becoming a professional crutch dancer. <laughs> okay. You know, kids gonna sit on the couch and regret crashing the thing is the answer to that. <laughs> he's gonna sit. Is what he's gonna do. Yeah, I'm gonna be sitting and just thinking about uh, why did I do this to myself, and then recovery is just pt and then the second i get cleared for work it's trying to pay off some of this um right. at a young age so yeah it'll be a, it'll be a good time all right man did they give you an estimate on how how much this will all cost <laughs> um well i maxed my deductible out for this year with just like the ambulance call after getting airlifted off the of snow king so this year i'm like pretty good i'm pretty sure um i think it's like going to be eight thousand total for this surgery and then the next knee is going to be a bit more expensive so thank goodness man thank goodness yeah. <laughs> thank goodness for the mom's health care you know i'm still on that yeah. two more years i could get hurt for a couple more years and then after that it's if i get hurt i'm probably gonna die <laughs> right mom mom will kill you then <laughs> yeah oh, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, i'm yeah. about to kill him now but that's okay <laughs> Eric. all right i gotta ask you man this used to be you know i used to say hello and then you know basically name the beer that i'm drinking what beer are you guys hitting right now because you guys oh. seem like you're gonna you're having a good time I want to say something good. It's a longboard it's a, island water. Yeah, it's a longboard island water. Oh, if I were to my beer of choice, it's the Walrus Hazy IPA by Melvin because that beer. Walrus. Walrus. Oh, no. oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the Walrus. And if you ever get a chance to see one, Roadhouse. Roadhouse Brewery. It's the best beer. It's eight percent. It's a hazy IPA. It's nice. still delicious. And yeah, those are. Those and they support powerful. search and rescue and the paragliders. Two very important causes. So okay. go hit up Roadhouse Brewery if you have the chance. <laughs> yeah, and out of Jackson Hole. 
out of Jackson Hole, but you can find him probably everywhere these days. Roadhouse. Okay. okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, very fortunate that. Yeah, I don't know if you know, but we did get air. I got airlifted off of Snoking. Um, search and rescue. They just got a brand new A Star helicopter, brand new 2025 okay. edition, fully <laughs> like it, it's like a very sexy helicopter. And 2025. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's all the line, you know. No, it's it's like the newest of the new, and yeah, it was the first short haul on it, so it's a uh, it's a little embarrassing. <laughs> but it's a, it's a lot safer than trying to trek you down. And yeah, where we were, we were in a bunch of scree and rocks, and there's just all this yep. slippery stuff. And yeah, we had six people on my body, but. It was just almost a little too much risk for everyone to carry me down because they didn't know if I had a broken back. They didn't want to injure yeah. yourself. So, yeah, they made the call. I sat on the side of the hill for, it was like an hour. Like an hour, not really knowing what injuries I had. First, we thought it was a femur and a fib tib or tibula yeah. fib. Um, but, yeah, and it was pretty scary just sitting there. And it was, it was also pretty funny because I'm so athlete that my heart rate is low yeah so they're taking my vitals up there and they're like oh my gosh he's in shock his heart rate is so low right now and you're and like no i'm a professional <laughs> yeah eric's like no he's, i was like he's probably he's probably good he's probably, he's probably, <laughs> oh. yeah i get i get that too man so with the beer we have a staple question or i have a staple question and when you're out mountaineering skiing and everything else that you do out there do you eat peanut butter jelly sandwiches oh no 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 i I didn't eat anything from like six years old until like probably 12 years old but peanut butter and jelly (laughs) so uh, those are kind of on the no list for for probably a couple 20 or 30 years i've hit my quota <laughs> okay i totally understand so all right if you don't eat peanut butter jelly sandwiches out there what's your go-to snack or your go-to hey i need to fill up what is it man go-to snack um gatorade with snow in it because you create like a slushy um <laughs> uh we're, we're we're pretty bad about keeping ourselves fueled on trips you know we're eating a lot of shot blocks and energy goose but right yeah and trail mix you know checks mix just salty easy snacks but we're also a lot of the times preparing for these missions on short notice so we can just we usually get what we can get from the gas station and move on <laughs> okay gotcha yeah. gotcha but this summer we created probably one of the best things of all time. It was like 70 degrees outside and we got up and there was like this snow field up there and I had a blue Gatorade. And we just not put, much of a blue Gatorade. Not much of a blue Gatorade, but we just put snow in it and like had endless slushy for like okay. a couple hours while we were waiting to fly. It was great. <laughs> so you don't need to be too worried about nutrition because you don't have to hike down. You're not going to, you're not going to hit, you just. You hang out at the top, you know, you like chow with your buddy for a bit, you know, you lay out your wing, you know, do whatever. And then, then you're like, okay, the sun's about to set, you know, we should probably go get some food in town. And then you're like, okay, I'm just going to fly down and go get food in town. It's going to take me two minutes. Right. I'm going to be at the car. Like I saw some guy three hours ago. He's probably still hiking down. Eric is flexing, dude. Eric is flexing. Good flex, Eric. Thank you. It's such a good sport. I mean, <laughs> Dude, Eric. 
and even going back in like Tiwanot, right? We'll go back to that mountain. It it's usually like a six hour round trip mission, but this summer I got caught. That's why I'm saying that I did it. Like I paid the ticket for the <laughs> national park. I got got caught. But it took us two and a half hours to get up, seven minutes to get down back at the car. Oh yeah. So it's like it's such a good sport when you think about it, how much time you save, you can be efficient. You can experience so much more with such limited time. It's yeah. There's and, no other way to go. And not eat peanut butter jelly sandwiches because we're hiking down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> eating like the biggest burger they serve at the bar, you know, yeah. like, uh, whatever, whatever the nearest outpost is, you know, I'm going to be eating what they have and you guys are going to be, you know, working on what snacks you brought in the backpack. <laughs> That weighs a lot more than my backpack, too. The stuff's gotten really light. So. <laughs> oh, oh, man, I, I love this. All right. So do you listen to music when you're going down? Um, I, I did when I started. I stopped that. Um, I used to listen to, like, heavy EDM and dubstep. Like, okay. and, and I still do on my way up because it just makes me go faster without stopping for some reason. Like just in your ear at all times, you just want to go. You want that music to stop, like get to the top of the mountain. Um, but yeah, I stopped flying with music. Cause I kind of like to hear it's, I don't really know how to say it. It's like when you ski with headphones in versus when you don't, you're almost more in y- yourself. Like it's just, right. you're not influenced by anything. So I stopped flying with music and I I can't really say if it impacted the way I fly because I still got hurt. But for the most part, I want to say like kept me a little more like, Oh, it's just me. I don't need to push it because there's some beat in my head trying to make me go harder. So yeah. And I think music has such a huge influence on your mood, your mindset. Like, so yeah, I, I, I respect people who listen to music, but I yeah. just was making me go a little too hard in the sport. Your go-to makes artist makes it like in a movie. Like you, it makes it feel like you're in a movie. You know, you got like a soundtrack playing. You're, you got your guy. All your videos are going. You got all your GoPros on. You know. I gotcha. Okay. What, who's your go-to uh, producer or uh, EDM? <laughs> EM what do I have on here? What have I been listening to? Um, go to go to Dom Dola. I've actually been loving Dom Dola recently. (laughs) Dom Dola. Okay. All right. All right. I, I like the metal, so Sullivan King is my go-to. Oh, nice. oh, yeah. oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I will switch that occasionally. Okay. We, we have a variety of music. We got all the way from classical to dubstep okay. and everything in between. <laughs> all right. All right, man. Bucket list. When everything is said and done, what's your bucket list? What do you want to do? You said, man, Argentina. You said New Zealand. What's what's your bucket list? Pakistan. Yeah, good luck with that. Pakistan. <laughs> no, don't worry. We're going. We're going to Pakistan. We'll that's not. That's I not might. bucket list. That's that's a list. That's half of them. That's what's going Pakistan. On. You better grow a beard, man. <laughs> no, I will accept being a uh, hot listed on the TSA for the rest of my life, but. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Um, big mountains there, big mountains. I think Europe would be a pretty fun trip. That's oh, definitely yeah. a bucket list uh, for all speed flyers because it's just so much more legal there. You can ride the gondolas up, the trams up, launch on all the ski resorts. They don't care. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that'd be a bucket list, just going down there, just getting like 100 laps in in a, a couple weeks and then coming back to the U.S. with more knowledge than I would have gone for a year, you know? Yeah. So. Austria and Germany's uh, highest point is the Zugspig. So check that out. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then, you know, just, yeah, ambitious goals is what I like to set for myself because, yeah, it's something to look forward to achieving. Your ultimate goal. Red Bull Exile Pilot by the next 10 years. Uh, that that would be incredibly awesome, but we'll see if that is feasible. Um, yeah, I don't know if you know what the Red Bull X Alps is, but you race all throughout the Alps um, and then back. And yeah, it's like 2,000 miles and you can only fly or hike it. Um, yeah, so it's, it's pretty crazy. Uh, it's just the, it's what they call the biggest mountain adventure race, you know, it's okay most challenging most difficult and getting to there one day would be such an accomplishment in life but we'll see yeah oh yeah that's extreme man <laughs> <laughs> eric what's yours uh probably speed flying in pakistan that's my it's just it's like it's such an obscure place with just giant mountains that lead down to the most beautiful valleys. And yeah, I think, no, I don't think really people have ever speed flown there. It would be, yeah. it would be something completely new. Um, people have definitely gone on ski trips in recent years into the Karakoram, but no one, no one's gone flying yet, especially with skis. So that's kind of the, that's kind of the goal. Okay. All right. All right. Did I leave anything out? You want to add anything? We already got your, uh, go find me page and i and i'll put that in the description is there anything you'd like to add yeah i think just you know big thanks to you know search teton county search and rescue for always always being there for down pilots and everyone who gets hurt in the mountains doing whatever sport it may be those guys really are great and yeah other than that i don't think so yeah, I mean, just big thanks to everyone who supported me. And speed flying is not a crime. That's something I want to put out there. It's not a crime. Yeah, legalized barrel rolls. Let us speed fly. Yeah, and if you guys like, for the listeners, if you guys don't know what these guys are talking about, you gotta Google speed flying. It's crazy. The barrel rolls are intense, man. It just. Oh, it, it just gets your heart pounding, man. And it's just like, oh, my God. Oh, oh, oh. OK, Whew. clear, <laughs> you know, so. But guys, man, I appreciate your time. I really do. I honestly hope uh, for a speedy recovery so you can conquer more mountains, slopes and air until next time. Take care of yourself, man. Oh, Thank I appreciate you. it. Thank you. Oh, yes. Yeah. All right. Eric. Appreciate your time. Have a good evening. (laughs) Right on. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hopefully we can chat again soon. This was fun. Yes.